1 Corinthians chapter number 3. We're going to read verse number 1 down through verse number 4. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the service so far, for the singing, Lord, for the spirit that's moved in, Lord, the hands that have been raised. God, we're so thankful for those things. Now we ask you, Lord, Lord, as we kind of turn the page on the service today and we get into your word, we ask you now that you would allow us, Lord, to be very sensitive to your spirit. God, we pray as the preacher and as the people that you would allow us Lord, to be very sensitive to the Spirit. Have your will today, and we thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I told you before that this was not a popular message, and uh, I'll kind of preface the message by saying that again. Uh, and it's not one that I, I take much joy in preaching. But today, I, I'm going to be preaching on this thought, what is a carnal believer? And I'll give you the reason why I say it, phrase it just that way. Uh, but I believe that this is a warning to everyone today. There's There's been countless people that have come to me and since I've been here at the church and said, how's the church going? You having any problems? And they're not being nosy. They're legitimately wondering, you know, the, the transition from Brother Dent to myself and, and getting to know one another a little bit more. They're legitimately asking, how is it going? And every single time, I have to say, it's going so good. Good. It's going great. Now, if you had asked me, I might get in trouble because this is on Facebook Live. If you had asked me a few years ago that very question, there had been some people that would come to my mind. Now, realize I wasn't here. Okay, let's let's let, let's get that straight. There had been some some situations that I was having to deal with, Kurt. There's there's some people that I was having to deal with. There was some uh, uh, situations that had arisen that fell into 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. And uh, so I couldn't always say that everything at church is going well. Everything at church, everybody at church seems to be doing good. But I have to, I have to admit, I feel like I can say that here. Now, that's a testament to you. That's a testament that through the years you've heard the Word of God preached and you've stayed by the stuff and, and you've, you've done what you've been taught, you've done what you've been uh, preached to. And, and, and But i, I got to tell you now, this COVID thing I have noticed, and, and we can look around and we can see in here, we can see in Sunday school, we can see in Sunday night, we can see in Wednesday night that COVID has given us almost a license to make an excuse. Can somebody help me right there? 
It's too early. I don't want to get up and go to Sunday school. It's too late. I, I kids will get, get in bed too late. I'm not going to go on Sunday night. I'm not going to go on Wednesday night. Or, well, I don't have to go this time. I'll catch it on Facebook. Or I'll, I'll catch it on the podcast. I'll give me a CD. All of those things are probably good excuses, but they're coming at the wrong time. If there's ever a time that the church needs to be uh, full, full-fledged, full full-throttled, Brother Jody, it's right now. This thing is winding down. God has got this thing. It's in a package. He's fixing to tie the bow. And I'm telling you, it's winding down. But we need to be careful in this age that we're in. I'm not talking about the last decade. I'm talking about the last year and a half, Brother Sam. I'm talking about the last year and a half of the church that has been going well. The church that has been going wonderfully well. If we're not careful, we'll allow car carnality in and we go back from from uh, eating on the meat of the word to now sucking on a bottle and that's not what a christian ought to do a christian ought to be able to sit down at the table of god with a fork in one hand a knife in the other and serve him up some meat out of the word of god that ought to come out of the pulpit but instead we on our own time we are becoming carnal believers so This is a warning to all. It's a call to action for every single one of us. I'll give you some definitions. The word carnal, it is having the nature of the flesh. It speaks of one who is sensual, or one who is, listen to this, who is controlled by animal appetite. Things, temptations, lust are insatiable. You cannot uh, neglect them. You have to give in to them. And so Paul says to this church at Corinth uh, that you are carnal Christians. You're you're of the flesh. You are you are controlled by by animal appetites. It means that one is governed by human nature instead of the spirit of God. Now the the uses here. The Greek word translated as carnal is used nine times in the New Testament. And in these four verses, it's mentioned four times. You look at verse number one, he says, as unto carnal. In verse number three, he says, for ye are carnal. He says uh, in verse number three, are ye not carnal? In verse number four, he says, are you not carnal. And so I told you that I'd have to explain the message title this morning. Typically, when you hear the word carnal, uh, you you also hear the word Christian behind it. Well, there are carnal Christians. Anybody ever heard that? You can raise your hand on this Sunday morning. Well, in, in my own mind, I almost feel like a carnal Christian is an oxymoron. I find it difficult to be a, a Xerox copy, a little Christ, while also being fleshly. Y'all following me this morning? Now, I'm not saying you're wrong when you say a carnal Christian. I'm not saying you're wrong. But it, it almost, it, 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 they never cross paths. You can't be one and another. Now, you can be saved and be carnal. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But the definition of a Christian is a, a little Christ. It is a, a direct facsimile of Christ, and that's what we ought to be. And so this morning, I'll say this, what is a carnal believer? 
Let's get into the message. First of all, a carnal believer is an immature believer. Verse number one, verse number two, uh, like Brother David, I don't plan on being long, but he was still 45 minutes in, just, just so everybody knows, okay? I'm always the one that gets the blame for long-windedness, but I'm just kind of helping you out right there. Verse number one, verse number two, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk. And not with meat, hitherto ye were not able to bear. That word hitherto means up to this point in time. He says, hitherto ye were not able to bear it. The word bear and the word able, it goes hand in hand. And it means capable of handling. And so, number one, a carnal believer is an immature Believer, They are on a different level than some. I had someone uh, send me a text this morning talk about what a, a role model I was. And I had to make sure that he sent it to the right number. Now, I'm not being humble. I'm not, I'm not showing humility. I'm just saying, my goodness, who is he talking about that is a good role model? Because I know me, Brother Deke. I know the struggles that I have. I know my own weaknesses. And here he was trying to encourage me, and I felt I felt an obligation to try to encourage him uh, because I look up to this man, and I thought, man, this is just this is just circular here. We're just going to go round and round. No, you're better than I am. No, you're better than I am. But listen, he says that you are the church at Corinth was carnal. They're at a different level. You can look, we can, we can take our church for example, there's some folks that are on a different spiritual plane than others. There are some folks in age that are on a different level than others. There's some folks that are just starting out. And they don't understand certain things. They don't understand why we would get excited about, about going over somewhere out in the wild blue yonder. They don't understand that. But those of us that have that have suffered loss, we can understand that there's a better day. We don't understand, or some folks don't understand why we get excited about being well with our soul. But when you have struggles and when you have heartache, you you know that because of Christ and, and that Spirit of God, it is well with our soul. There's different, there's different planes of Christians. And for some, it's okay to be on the bottom. Now, Kurt, I'm not being funny, but you've been saved just over a year, year and a half, I guess. It's okay for you to still be on that spiritual bottom. Kaylee, you've only been saved a couple years now, right? It's okay for you to still be on that milk of God's Word. Others that are just, just newly saved, that's okay. But I believe Paul is talking about some people that they've been saved a while and they, they're still got the pacifier. They still hunt in the bottle. And Paul is warning them that they are immature. He is warning them that, that, now we're not talking about new Christians. I don't believe we're talking about new Christians here. I believe Paul is is attempting to speak 
to seasoned Christians, even even at this time, this this uh, epistle was written what in 60 uh, A.D. or so, something to that effect, maybe 59. And so uh, we're we're looking at nearly 30 years after Christ has died. So these these are possibly 30 year old Christians. They're 30 years old in the faith. And Paul is saying, you are still immature. You are, you are a carnal believer. And because of that, he was having to, to preach two different messages. He was having to preach one that would give meat, and then he would have to preach one that would give the milk of the word. This milk, he says here in verse number two, it reminds me of colostrum. Some of you know what I'm talking about there. Colostrum has has blood and it has nutrients mixed in it. And it's a milk for newborns, whether it be an animal or for an infant, a human infant. But it's concentrated nutrients. It is to strengthen the infant. It's to get them ready for real milk. It's to prepare them, even though it's months later, it's to prepare them and their palate and their, their body for meat, for solids. This milk in the Word, it is concentrated Scripture. It is doctrine. It is theology. I've been having a discussion with people about speaking in tongues and, and, uh, I realize we can go to the Word and we can pick out some things about speaking in tongues. Tongues, I do not believe in it. Uh, I believe that is a spiritual gift that the apostles had and it's gone. Somebody help me right there. But, as I look at, as I look at this, sometimes with things like that, brother David, I'm like, why do we, nest, why do we have to defend where we stand? Can't we just say, it's wrong. The Bible says it's wrong. It's wrong. Well, it's because, it's the, the, the reason we fall back on, well, the Bible says it's wrong, so it's wrong. It's because we've not gotten that milk the way we should have. We've not gotten the teaching. We've not gotten the preaching. We've not gotten the doctrine, the theology when we should have. So now, oh, we're older and we can now, we can eat the meat of the Word and we still get to a point where we're like, well, I know that's wrong, but why is it wrong? If you remember when I first came, we started uh, the doctrines of our faith and we spent nearly two years going through and still haven't finished them all, but I just felt led to, to go away from there. But going back to the Word of God, going back to who God is, to who the Son of God is, who the Holy Ghost is, and, and all of their functions and, and what salvation is, and all of the different attributes of salvation, that is the necessity of the milk of the Word. But now there's some things, but Sam, in doctrine, in theology, that a baby in the faith can't understand. Lori's not here. She's on the road. I hope, well, I think she's heard this. So I may not be too much trouble when, I, when she gets home. But Ashlyn, when she was a baby, and I think I may have told you, when she was a baby, she wouldn't drink. She wouldn't drink her bottle. And uh, well, she would drink it, but she wouldn't. She wouldn't drink enough of it. And I'm like, this, this, you know, I, I can't get up at two o'clock in the morning and be okay tomorrow. And so we started trying to feed her a little bit of 
uh, 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 what's this, cereal stuff, that powdered looking stuff in, in that thing. And, and she get, and she get frustrated, brother, uh, uh, um, Lee. She couldn't get enough out of it. So what daddy did was he pulled out a knife. And daddy poked that little hole a little bit bigger so she can, and just a little bitty hole, brother David. She liked to die. She hit on that thing and instead of crying, she, and she was coughing up. I said, oh lord, I like, I'd look. Before mama figured out what happened, I guarantee you that thing was buried in the trash can. And I put it in a new one. I don't know what's happened to it. She got strangled somehow. I, I was bad to lie back. I, still maybe a little bit, I guess. But there's some things that a baby can't handle. There's some things that a baby cannot handle. And for that, Brother David, you remember, you made mention of it the other day. You and I were talking about something. Kurt was there. And the things that we were talking was a little too deep for Kurt to really understand. And and do you remember what we were talking about? Okay, we even told you you don't even pay attention to this. This is this is beyond what you need to hear. Now, now we weren't being, we weren't saying well, we know more than Kurt does. We were saying you're not ready for this. You'll get choked on this, so you don't need to hear this. And so, uh, a carnal believer is an immature believer. It's because they they're getting the milk, but the problem is they're getting. Too much milk, or they're too old and they're still drinking the milk, and it's not helping them. They need something with more substance. Number two, a believer is driven by the, excuse me, a carnal believer is driven by the flesh. Verse number three, for ye are yet carnal, for where as for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? We, we find here that after the teachings, after Paul's writings, after seeing, seeing Paul's testimony, after hearing about the risen Savior, he says ye are, and he uses this word, and it, it kind of hurts when I read it. He says, ye are yet. You are still carnal. Brother Deke, it seems as though Paul has taken some time. Maybe other preachers of the gospel have taken time and they have taught them and they sat down and they've had Bible study and they've went verse by verse. And, and, and I realize I realize that they didn't have the Bible like we have it today. But they've they've went word by word and they've studied it and they've sought it out and they've they've really tried to teach them. They've given them the milk of the word. But it says ye are yet carnal. I think at this point after all of the teachings were made, they made a choice. And the reason that they made a choice is because they are driven by the flesh. Look at the end of verse number 2. Let's just read verse number 2 again. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. He said, up to this point, you weren't able to handle it. Neither yet now are you able. He said, you still aren't able to handle the meat. Now, I don't know if they're watching today, but uh, I'll say something about Brother Bobby and Miss Sam here in just a minute. 
But I have I have been with people and they have they have made stakes. Somebody help me right there. They've made stakes on the grill. Don't matter to me if it's gas. It don't matter to me if it's wood, charcoal. It's all good. I like it. But I'm going to tell you something. A couple months ago, Brother Bobby asked us to come to their place up there. And they put, a, they put, a, they put some steaks on there. I thought it was a roast. It was that thick. That big. And I thought, man, that's a whole lot of meat. I don't know. But Brother David, once I got into that first cut, I was hooked. I said, now this is good right here. Fast forward now. This is just a couple weeks ago. I said something on Facebook or something or another about maybe cooking some steaks or something on the grill. And Samantha, you know she's of the devil anyway. Samantha, Samantha, Message back and said, where's our invitation? And I straight up told her, I'm like, listen, I've tasted what you got to offer. I can assure you what I'm fixing to cook ain't going to be like that. It's not as big. It's not as thick. It's not as juicy. It's, but why? Because it came from Walmart. Y'all help me right there. So what does all this have to have to do with anything? There is a, there is a necessity of good meat. I, I, it's mainly in, in older Christians that maybe they spend more time at home than others. They'll say things like this. Oh, I watch brother so and so on, on TV, watch him every morning. And some of them are, some of them are good, some of them are not. And it's the ones that are not good that are giving people the wrong meat. They're giving people, if they sold it, Brother Deke, they're giving people Dollar Tree meat. That's what they're doing. They're giving, they're giving roadkill as meat. Just something they picked up that looked like it could be cooked and looked like it might be alright and they put it on the grill and they try to feed it to you. That's not what I want. I want good meat from God. I want good meat from His Word. And as a carnal believer, one that is driven by the flesh, he, 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 he sees that meat and he, he wants some meat. He don't care what it is. He don't care what it looks like. He don't care how it tastes. He don't care how it chews. He just wants something. Well, Paul says that they are not able to bear it. He said they're still on the meat, the milk. He said, and even now, neither yet now are you able to bear it. He said, you're still carnal. And they're carnal believers because they're driven by the flesh. I was watching a little video the other day and they had this little baby up in a, in a high chair and looked like somebody had some sort of a pork chop or something. And they, they leaned toward that baby. I'm talking about a little bitty baby. They leaned toward that little baby and that baby's eyes got big. His mouth got wide open, started leaning toward and somebody on the other side of the screen put a, a spoonful of baby food in his mouth. Y'all following the picture here? An immature Christian, a carnal Christian, a Christian that's driven by the flesh, they will just see something that they think looks good and they will go to it. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to help them. It's not for them. 
There are some people today that they, they do need to be on milk. Now, I can't tell Kurt when it's okay to start eating a steak. I can't tell Kaylee. I can't tell others when to start eating meat. That's between you and God. But there's got to be a desire to leave one and go to another. Not, not only, not only that, but these carnal believers, they are offered good meat from the Word. Paul, I believe, has offered them good meat and they've denied it. They've spit it out. They've turned their nose up. And all of our kids at some point have done the very same thing. Except maybe Luke. He's perfect. Right, Luke? (laughs) The preachers, pastors, evangelists, missionaries, they're putting meat on the table. But these carnal Christians, they're turning their nose up. Number three, a carnal believer is an argumentative believer. Verse number three and four, for ye are yet carnal. For as there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Take note of verse number four. We'll come back to that in just a few minutes. They're argumentative. There's strife between the believers. Now, if you were to turn over to chapter number 6, Paul dealt with this strife. They were taking one another to court. He says they were going to law against one another. He dealt with strife and how to handle all of those things. But Paul is dealing with this early on. And he's trying to hit them from a spiritual standpoint. Brother Terry, he's trying to hit them hopefully in the heart and say, you're carnal because you're envying. You're at odds with one another. What did he say? You are envying and there are divisions and there is strife. They're divided just as lost men were divided. When they had their different sects of belief and they would go to blows over these things, he said, that's what you're doing. They're envyings. And he he tells why in verse number 4. He said, some are saying that I'm saved based on what Paul is preaching. Others are saying I'm saved based on what Apollos is preaching. And so because they were saved under two different men, they think one is better than the other. Before I I get to that point, I've got to drive this one home. They're They're divided. Now I'll say this. It's no wonder when you look in the church today, and and our church is pretty good at this, but it's no wonder when the world looks into the church, it's no wonder that they say it's full of hypocrites. If I go to a restaurant, I'm I'm a busy looker. And you could tell a lot of times, a lot of times you could tell when someone leaves church and goes to a restaurant. They're dressed a certain way. And you can look and see, and I'm not, I'm not being cruel when I say this, but you can look and see what's on their table. Those drinks that are on the table. 
that they're a carnal Christian. And we're not going to discuss social drinking. It's wrong. The Bible says it's wrong. I'm just going to stand on that. I ain't got time to fool with you right now. Just don't, and don't even talk to me about it. It's wrong. But now, I, I remember just, I don't even know if we lived down here yet, but we were at La Hacienda and we were looking around and there were margaritas everywhere. Not on our table. But everywhere else, there were margaritas everywhere. There was beer on everywhere. And somebody at the table said, you realize that the majority of these people are going to be at church tomorrow. Now, people would say about me making that statement that I am a hypocrite. And I'm saying that I am better than they are. No, I'm not saying that at all. This is where this definition of hypocrisy comes into play. I am not saying that I am better than them at all. I am saying that but for the grace of God, I would have a beer on my table. I would have a drink on my table. I would be doing those things if it weren't for the grace of God. But what I am saying is this. The reason, the reason that the world looks into the church and says it's full of hypocrisy is because for centuries, the church has stood against some things, including alcohol, drugs, violence, Violence, sex, adultery, fornication, all of those things. But now, you could see it on every street in our nation. And then they'll go to church the next service. That's the reason why the church is accused so often of hypocrisy. Because the church has become carnal. The church has allowed these fleshly lusts to overtake us. And now we only live for God maybe on Sunday and Wednesday. But the other days of the week, we shut Him down. We shut Him off. And we live the way that we want to. We please ourselves. But can I tell you this? God sees it. That was outside of the message. But we need to know that God sees our Wrong. These people were divided. Not only is it no wonder why people look and say that we're hypocrites, but it's no wonder that souls aren't really being saved. I'm just going to be honest with you tonight. I don't want somebody with a beer in one hand and a tract or a Bible in the other hand trying to tell me how to get right with God. I go one step further. And and I'm I'm gonna get in trouble on this because I watched myself in the mirror this morning. Not being funny, Brother David, but I, I still believe that gluttony is sin. And for twenty, thirty years, I've been gluttonous. And I have an issue. I have an issue. I'm trying my best to work on it. It seems like, Brother David, every time I, I go to the gym, either you or Jim Smith call me. And I'm on the phone going, <laughs> and I'm scared to death what they think I'm fitting to do or have done or whatever. I'm like, I'm at the gym. <laughs> I'm just kind of taking my time this morning. But preachers all across the world, you look at missionaries, evangelists, everywhere, pulpits. We've adopted some sin. We've adopted some sin 
while standing against others. We've accepted some sin in our life. We go to a buffet. It's done great for, for all the fat preachers in the world that COVID hit and all the, the things, all the buffets shut down. That's helped us. But the problem is, didn't help us too much. This morning, there, it's no wonder why we're not seen so saved the way that we ought to be, the way that we used to. It's because the church looks just like the world. Now, if we look in here, this don't look like the world. This don't look like anything that the world would really want to have a part of. But Brother Jim, we're not talking about the building. We're talking about what we're living like out there. Now, if we put big screens in here and we put flashing lights and we had smoke machines under the pulpit, well, we'd have to change the pulpit, wouldn't we, Brother David? We had a glass pulpit and we had smoke fog coming up underneath the pulpit and all this kind of stuff and bungee straps where people can do Cirque Disolay or whatever in the sky and put on black gloves and all these kind of stuff. We, we could do all that. But you know what we'd look like? The church house would look like the world. But this is the Lord's house. And so if we respect the Lord's house, then why don't we respect the Lord's body? What? Know ye not that you are bought with a price? Isn't that what Brother Paul said? Not, not just the body, physical body, but the body as a whole. We are representing the body as a whole, the body of Christ as a whole out in the world as a carnal believer. The point was that we are, these carnal believers are an argumentative believer. It says they're envyings, strifes, divisions. He said, you are carnal and your walk as men. Decisions for these carnal Christians, these carnal believers, they are based on the flesh. They're based on what feels good. Most decisions that I have made as a Christian, did not make me, my flesh, feel good. I woke up at 6.30 this morning. Didn't have to. Didn't have to get up anybody. I woke up at 6.30 this morning, but I needed to get in here. I needed to get some things settled. I needed to spend some time in prayer. About 8 o'clock, I was ready to go back to bed. I was just, I guess, feeling lazy or something. I don't know. Again, didn't have anybody to deal with. I wanted to go back to bed. And if I went back to bed, number one, I probably would have overslept and that had been a phone call. Somebody would have called me. I hope y'all would have called me and not said, well, I guess he's just not here today. Let's just go to the house. So just in case I don't show up one day and you don't know where I am, y'all please call me, okay? But I could have went back to bed. You could have went back to bed. Some did go back to bed. And it makes your flesh feel good. 
But if we want to, the, the, the scripture, you was talking uh, this morning about the spirit and you're talking about that spirit working in our spirit. But in the verses prior to that, it talks about the body at least three different times. I think it's all in Romans chapter number eight. The spirit, by the spirit, we do mortify the deeds of our flesh, our bodies. And so today, the things that we do as a believer, the decisions that we make as a Christian, they're not going to make our flesh comfortable. They're not going to make it comfortable. Paul, in verse number 4, Paul was treating what what I would... And I don't even know if this is a word. I know it's not a word, but I don't know if it's right. He, He was... Treating preacheritis. They were concerned about which preacher they were saved under. And we've all got our favorite preachers. And that's great. I've got some, some of my favorite preachers are some of your favorite preachers. But what they were saying, he says, I am of Paul. And the other said, I am of Apollos. And so Paul says at the end of verse number four, he says, are you not carnal because you say that? Now he goes on in verse number 5 and verse number 6, I believe, to describe what he means. Essentially, he's saying, Paul, him, himself, preaches the gospel, and Apollos preaches the gospel. It is the same gospel, and you are saved by the same God of that gospel. It doesn't matter who's preaching it. Just be grateful that you are saved, that you are a believer. And I, I, I wrote down in my notes that I, I'm almost ashamed, and I'm not going to tell you who it is. You probably know. I've probably already told you. But in, in recent years, I'm almost ashamed to say who was preaching when I got saved because of his stance on some things, because of his attitude on some things, because of his actions and his words. But I'm going to tell you something. That man... Did not save me. There was a man. There is a man named Christ Jesus. That came for me. This man that I'm speaking of, he didn't die for my sin. This man that I'm speaking of, he didn't go to the cross. He wasn't crucified for me. But there was a man that did. And Paul's saying, listen... I didn't save you. Apollos didn't save you. It was God. It was Christ that saved you. He said, but because you think it was the men that made one better than the other, he said, you're carnal. They were arguing. Let's have a song of invitation. I'm going to take just a couple minutes and and do, do the conclusion here. Every single one of us has a choice to make. You say, preacher, I'm not carnal. That's great. But there's always the danger of carnality creeping in tomorrow. And so, you have a choice to make today. Maybe you are here and you know you're saved, but you're not where you need to be in Christ. You know that you are governed and you are driven by fleshly Things You are immature in the faith. You are argumentative about things of the faith. Well, that means you're carnal. 
And so you have a choice today. Will you grow up into what God wants you to be? Will you take the bottle out of your mouth and start desiring the meat of God? Or will you remain a spiritual infant? Now you can remain a spiritual infant and you will go to heaven. But you will never have what God wants you to have by sucking on that bottle all the time. Have you ever seen those, maybe you go to the store, go to a park somewhere and you see a, you see a three, four, five year old boy and still got a pacifier in their mouth. I don't know about y'all, but that kind of upsets me a little bit. If y'all's kids do that, that's your own business, but I think you need to pop it out of the mouth. <clears throat> but every time I see that, I wonder why. Why does this three, four, five-year-old kid still have a pacifier? And my thoughts immediately, well, maybe there's something wrong with the child. Maybe developmentally, maybe mentally there's something wrong and it just needs that. But I firmly believe that too often it's, it's a choice. It's maybe a stubbornness on, on the, the fault of the child. You take it away and that, that child screams and hollers and goes into a fit. But then, because the parent doesn't want to fight that fight, they give it back to them. And they stand back and they say, I know he doesn't need it, but one day he'll grow out of it. Well, if you could talk to a dentist, the dentist would tell you why that child doesn't need that pacifier. If you could talk to other mothers that have had the same problem and finally, finally stood their ground and said, no, I'm taking it away. I'm, I'm not hiding it. I'm throwing it away. I'm getting rid of it. We're not turning back. We're not going back to the kids aisle in Walmart. We're not getting you another one. It's gone. There may be some whining. There may be some tantrums. There may be some crying. There may be some tears, but I'm going to tell you something today. It is the best Thing for that child to do away with those childish things and to begin to grow. A couple was it a year or so ago? We had I don't remember what occasion, but we had a little contest back here, and it was apple juice and little baby bottles and. Some of the kids and some of the adults were there and there. I felt like an absolute teetotal idiot drinking from a bottle. I didn't know how to do it. And I thought, well, at one point I had, I knew how to do it. It's been a couple years ago, but Brother Dick got pretty good at sucking on a bottle. But because I've been off of it so long, I didn't know even how to work it. Do you chew it? I have no idea how you get to stop about suck my eyeballs backwards because I couldn't do it. Finally, with my pocket knife, I cut a hole in it and won. So, Brother Jamie, I just don't understand. As a Christian, as a child of God, you have a choice. You could... You could remain in that ye are yet category. You could remain an infant. 
Or you can begin to seek out and find the meat of God. You could remain an infant or grow. The other side of that is you can allow carnality to come into your life. And you can revert back to an infant stage in your Christian life. And that goes right back to what we were discussing about COVID at the very beginning of the message. There's so many folks that they were steadfast. They were here every service. They were doing everything they could. But now, and I'm not just talking about here. I'm talking about everywhere. But now those same fervent Christians have grown cold on God. They're no longer under sound preaching. They're no longer under sound doctrine. They're accepting anything. If we're not careful, even the most fervent of Christians can become carnal. And it can happen just like that. We need to be careful. Let's stand. Dear Father, we ask You to touch us today. We pray now that You would bless these scattered words. I ask You that You would touch Your people. Touch me. God, as I was studying this this week, Lord, I myself was convicted about things. And and God, I need You to help me. Lord, I pray today that You would help Your people, help this church. God, I thank You and I praise You in Jesus' name. Amen.